welcome in to the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, part of Vol Basketball Fever. We're a show dedicated exclusively to talking about the Lady Vols and news around the program. Tune in to hear thoughts and discussions from experts who cover the Lady Vols on a daily basis. Now, here's a new episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Rutherford, and I'm joined by a special guest this week for a new episode of the show, Jessica Gwynn of the Vol Log Podcast. All of you listening have probably heard of the Vol Log Podcast if you're a Lady Vol fan, so I want to bring on someone from there because I, I think they do a fantastic job over there. So, Jessica, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, if you all haven't checked them out, if you are, you know, if you are listening to this and haven't heard of them, go check them out on Twitter. They're just Vollog8 on Twitter. It's at Vollog8 on Twitter, all caps on there, and check them out. They are, I think, everywhere you can find podcasts, just like we are. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, everywhere else you can find them, that you can find us as well. Uh, we're also on YouTube, which is why I'm sure a lot of you are currently watching slash listening to this. Uh, just hit that subscribe button while you're here and like this video and, and share it around as well. And again, not only listen to us, but go listen to Vollog Podcast as well. Jessica, it's been a, a busy time for Lady Vols. We're recording this the night before the Lady Vols play in the SEC tournament. As of us recording this, uh, Tennessee's uh, future opponent has not played yet. It's or has not, not been decided yet, I guess. Uh, Georgia and Alabama are playing on Thursday night, and we're recording about two hours before that game tips off. Um, but again, a lot going on. We have a, a commitment to talk about. We have, uh, I, I guess, technically an injury update to talk about. That, that's kind of where we'll start, I guess, here, because uh, Kelly Harper asked about Jordan Horston and asked about the status of her and uh, whether or not, you know, she's available, just kind of an update on her. And I think the exact quote was, I wish I could say, I, I, I wish I could say day to day, but it's more like week to week. And everyone was like, what do you mean, Kelly? Reading into that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Is she week to week? Is she, what, what does that exactly mean? It, it, you and I were talking before we were recording when talking on Twitter and saying, you know, she, you know Jordan Horston, she was moving around. Okay. In that video that they released in the, uh, from top golf. So I don't, I'm not expecting Jordan back for the SEC tournament, but Jessica, if she can come back for the NCAA tournament, it, it, that'd be huge. I mean, if, if the Lady Vols can get, you know, their best player back in time for the big postseason, the big dance, like that is, that's really good news for this team. Yeah, we can definitely make a, if she is back, right. And that's a big if, so I don't want to speak on someone's injury because I, right. I don't know in detail, but if she is back, we can make a deep run. I mean, we're doing fairly well without her and, you know, learning every day as we play a game without Jordan. But I mean, she is definitely the X factor on this team, you know, leads in every statistical category almost. I mean, obviously TK has got the block record uh, going right now, but I, I would love to have her back. I'm sure opponents would not love to have her back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> I've noticed the difference. Like it was, it was, I talked with Maria Cornelius the last two podcasts I've had here, the Lady Ball podcast, and and talking about kind of last one we we spoke about the response of the team without Jordan. And of course, that was the South Carolina game and and, and kind of following that one. And then now, I mean, the last couple of games that the Lady Balls played at home to close out the regular season, I thought they played well against Mississippi State, especially I mean that yeah. that third quarter. They played really well that game. They yeah, blew it open in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I was there in person for the LSU game. That, for one, I want to say kudos to the crowd. That was a really good home environment um, for yeah. senior night, especially. Yeah. I think if Jordan had been healthy, there would be even more fans there. But um, I, I, that game, it, it, it both frustrated and encouraged me, I think, just getting into the, yeah. <laughs> the SEC tournament because it was, it was right there for the taking at the end. But just 
like there were just so many just kind of small mistakes that led to the loss in that one. And then for, for some reason, uh, Renaya just could not buy a bucket. I mean, it wasn't like she was taking bad shots. She had some really good shot selection. They're really good looks and it just wouldn't go in for her. I mean, so that, that's why it's encouraging. But then I look back at some of the missed free throws, some of the turnovers. And I'm like, okay, these are the things that have bitten the lay balls in the butt, you know, multiple times this year already. But again, like, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was encouraging, but it was still frustrating because it was there. It, it felt like they were playing with house money in that game too. So I was like, that's why I wasn't too disappointed because I thought this could have been worse. And you made it a, a two point game at the end, like right at the end there. And you were playing without your best player and you had a top 10 team on the ropes at home. So, I mean, there are yeah. reasons to be optimistic, I think. For I was going to say, there definitely, I mean, you can find a silver lining in every game we play this year, especially considering the injuries. But that first quarter, if you can remove that first quarter, I mean, we we definitely outscored them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, you know, mentioning Ray having an off-shooting night, Puckett had an off-shooting night too. I want to say, and I, I don't have the stats in front of me, they were six of 26 combined, the two of them, Ooh, something like that. Look it up, yeah. And, I mean, we will not see another game. They probably would not have that happen twice in a season, right? So they both just had off-shooting nights on the same night. And, uh, you know, if one of them is on, we win that game. Not saying it's anyone's fault, right? It's it's a team game. I, I mm-hmm. totally get that. And to your point, yeah, hit some free throws. But despite all that and a bad shooting night from two of our best shooters, missing some free throws, we still almost won the game. So what I like about this team just throughout the season is they do not give up. And I'm sure you've followed the Lady Vols for years like me. If we go back, you know, even four or five years, sometimes the team didn't look like they wanted to be out there as much. But Kelly's teams look like they want to be there. And they never give up. Um, so I really appreciate that. She's definitely changing the culture. Not that we were ever bad. That's the funny thing about Lady Balls. We talk about mm-hmm. like we're, we're on a comeback, you know, we're going to restore it. I'm like, we've still been to every NCAA tournament. People tend to forget that. So we just want to be back in Final Four contention every year. We're a little spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, back for the Lady Balls is different than back for a lot of programs. Ba- back yeah. for Lady Balls is, like you said, Final Four, you know, every other year, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like you said, exactly. the, the, even the downtime for the Lady Balls was still making the NCAA tournament. Um, you're, you're right, though. I, I've got the stats in front of me that Ray and, and Sarah combined to go 6-27 from the floor. Okay, 6-27. So I was... Yeah. I made it better. And one of, one of five from three. So yeah, it was, that was, yeah, you're right though. That that's, that's not probably not going to happen again. Uh, I, I would hope yeah. not <laughs> in a, in a game here in the future for the lady balls, but that's, yeah, that's, it's that's rough when you have. Not. Yeah. And I think even and from looking at the stats, a test didn't have a great net. Yeah. She was one of fours. Like you, you had your yeah. three of your best shooters really consistently have just off nights because test is both yeah. for three pointers. Like it, you don't, you don't have that often. And again, that would, mm-hmm to go back to Jordan Horston, getting her back would help with that because that, that takes, you know, she can do so many things that that takes the pressure off those three girls that they don't feel like they have to score. And then they have to do these things because there's no Jordan Horston out there. So I, I think, you know, getting her back clearly is big for a lot of reasons, but it's big for those three players specifically because it alleviates the pressure off them. That they don't feel like they have to be the leading scorer in a game. Yeah, agreed. And, and, and as a guard, she gets into the paint. Well, you know, she's so hard to defend. So she just opens up everyone else and, um, Jordan Walker did a, a good job getting in there too, but you know, mm-hmm. when you're missing 16.5 points a game or whatever, Jordan has it something around that. I mean, that's just, it's hard to overcome, you know, and, and we still forget Kian's out. Marta's not been in the whole season. So, I mean, it's, it's bizarre to me to have four major players on the team all go out in the same season, yeah. but we're still, you know, we're still going to make the tournament. So there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and still making the tournament is probably a, we'll get more into this in a second, but probably yeah. as like a, a three seed 
uh, or maybe you force it somewhere on there. It's like still a pretty decent seed too. Um, But yeah, to kind of, you're talking before I move on to talk about SEC tournament stuff, you're talking about the injuries. Like I, you're right. Like I, it just feels like, it feels like Kelly Harper, when, as soon as she's gotten here has been dealt just like an unlucky hand. And I don't, Mm -hmm. it's not her fault. Like she got here and the first year she was here, COVID hit. And then when, you know, that that didn't have a normal off season, her, her first like full true off season wasn't, wasn't a normal one. Um, and then you've had injuries every single year. You had Zay Green go down with, with an injury early in the year. Uh, I think her first, yeah, her first year. And then you had, uh, was it, yeah, Kian got hurt too. And when, you know, this was, this wasn't Kian's first injury. And then this year, like you just mentioned, you had Ray out for the first month and a half, basically. You had Kian go down. You had Marta who's been out for the whole year. And now you have Jordan who's been out, uh, for the last few games and not entirely sure when she'll come back or if she will come back this year. So it's just, it's, you lose you lose one of your two best players at the beginning of the year. You lose a starter who in Marta Suarez, who I, I, I knew from the things that Kelly had said before the year that she and the staff were very high on Marta Suarez heading into oh, this yeah. year. Yeah, too. she was all SEC freshman team last yeah, year. People right. get that. Yeah, so you had a, someone who's going to be a, a starter and a potential, you know, another potential like all SEC performer this year, whether it's second team or whatever, but, you know, another mm-hmm. potential all SEC player just missed the entire year. Second best player, in my opinion, on the team go down for a month. Your best backup uh, post player who is really your most consistent backup post player go down for the year and then your best right. player go down for the year, uh, for the maybe, year. Yeah. maybe for the year at some point it's just it's not like you're it'd be one thing if you're losing bench players that that still would suck and it would still be yeah. like not great but you're losing not just bench players you're losing like key contributors and best key players on the team yeah yeah it's wild I mean so I mean there's something to be said for them to to still have the record they have yeah. with 21 wins and and, and continuing to move on and, and hopefully they win uh, tomorrow also and add to that and secure that, um, you know, seed so they can play at home at the first round. That's a thing that like has frustrated me. With I, I thankfully haven't seen it much, but the few, the few times I've seen people kind of, you know, gripe about this year or whatever I'm saying, like every team deals with injuries. I'm like, yes, that's true. But not every team deals with the type of injuries to the certain players that Tennessee has been yeah. dealing with. These are starter caliber players and four yeah. of them. That doesn't happen. I mean, no offense, and this is not meant to be offense to any other SEC teams, but you take out, you know, let's say three starters, right? Because Marta was a starter last year. People forget that too. Mm -hmm. And then you take out your, you know, your bench player who played the most minutes. You're not going to still be in third place in the SEC. That's just not going to happen. But we've somehow been able to do that. Um, And and Kelly's gotten the girls engaged and inspired to, you know, play the role and, and do what they can. And we're, we're still moving along. So and I will say Snoop too has stepped up big. Oh yeah. His absence. So, you know, I've kind of seen what we knew Snoop could do the past few games and what she was doing at the beginning of the year kind of got her confidence back. I just wish we had Snoop for one more year. Ah, me too. And I, I will say her going out. Year. Yeah. Her fouling out late in the LSU game. I think that, that to me was weirdly enough, looking back on it, that might've been the the deciding factor mm-hmm. in the last minute or so, because she had played so well in that game. But unfortunately, I got into foul trouble. It was only able to play yeah. 22 minutes. But she, in those 22 minutes, had 10 points and seven boards and, and exactly, was playing yeah. really well. And so, she's playing good defense, too. Yeah. Um, you know, just because we sit up close, you can see everything going on in the court. She was actually, you know, telling people where to be on defense, which mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, you wouldn't have seen Snoop doing that. But I actually caught on to that. I was like, look at Snoop. She's out there, like, commanding the defense, knowing where where she should be, telling other people who to get and all that good stuff. So, yeah, that foul trouble just really – messed with us in the LSU game. We, we should have won that game, but should have, could have, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a lot of should have, could have, I think in this season, Tennessee. <laughs> really yeah. I mean, on both ends of it, you look at early in the year too, like there's plenty of games where they maybe should have lost those, some of those games they won. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's just, 
I just that's how sports is. You have a lot exactly. of should have, could have, and sometimes they go your way. Or a lot, you know, it's better if they go your way too. Um, yeah. But you know, you talk about the SEC tournament, and, and hopefully, Lady Vols advancing into that. By the time a lot of people are listening to this, we'll we'll already know who the Lady Vols right. uh, opponent's going to be. But you and I don't right now, so let's talk about you know, who we, who you know to see Lady Vols play because yeah. I I'm torn because technically Georgia's the better team, so you'd rather see Alabama. But man, Jessica, Alabama's had Layball's number over the last few years. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of that's been because the Layball's have been down. But still, like I, I that makes me just kind of like I genuinely don't know who I want to see because it wasn't like the Lady Vols had an easy game against Georgia this year either. I mean, yeah. they, they lost to Alabama and they struggled. And it was a really close game against Georgia, and when they won that one by I think eight points on the road. So I mean, I. I don't know who I want to see. I, I think the Lady Vols can beat either team and, and maybe can, will, yeah. but I mean, it's not going to be easy. Whoever they play. I want revenge on Alabama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually want revenge on Alabama, but their three guards, Mingo Young, Abrams and Davis are playing lights out. Mm. Um, but we definitely have the advantage with Tamari there. And I actually think we have an advantage with Tamari over um, Jenna Stady at Georgia. I predicted Alabama would move on to play us. We'll see if I'm right. Uh, we did a little prediction thing in our, our podcast too. Um, and we actually all predicted Alabama just because they have been playing so well. And those, uh-huh. those guards are on fire, but I don't want to face either of them. And that's <laughs> the crazy thing as you look through the SEC. I mean, you saw Vanderbilt won. Our lowest seeds are still good and can beat anyone in the SEC. It's it's just such a hard conference. I mean, really. Yeah, and, and, and Vanderbilt almost won. Above, said Vanderbilt team. almost won today against Florida, too. Like, they had yeah, the lead point. for, yeah, they had the lead for the entire game until the last eight seconds, and then Florida won. It's just yeah. That's that's yeah. SEC basketball for women's basketball. SEC basketball, but I, I at least want us to get one win. I, I think I think we will. I'd like to see more than one, um, but I just <laughs> want to secure that at home seed for the NCAA tourney. I would like to see more than one. It's going to be tough. I, I, this this would this would be the case where it'd be nice if if Jordan was to have you know had to have the injury that she had to have, like if she'd had it like a week and a half earlier than when she had it because you can right. maybe get her back for the sec tournament. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that lady balls are going to go too super far without Corsten in the sec tournament. Now, again, mm-hmm. NCAA is a different story. I, again, I, we don't, I don't, we both don't know. Like we, we just right. genuinely don't know. Um, if lady balls don't have Jordan, you know, it's it, even if they do, like it, it's going to depend on matchup wise. I think this is, we can kind yeah. of talk a little bit about, you know, moving ahead here to the NCAA tournament too, because I think they'll end up as, as again, we just mentioned as a three or four C, which means hosting, which would be great. But I think it's, if they, if they get matched up with a really like offensive heavy team, that worries me a little bit, but without Jordan, if they get matched up with more of a defensive team, I think lay balls are going to win. Because, yeah, we can eke that one out. Because they, 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 they've shown this year when they get matched up, even early in the year without Ray Burrell, when they matched up with more defensive yeah. oriented teams, they were able to win. I think if they have a more defensive oriented, you know, kind of matchup here in the first and second rounds of, the NCAA, NCAA tournament that bodes better. That's really to me going to be very dependent on what the bracket looks like. Do the Lady Vols get into a favorable bracket, or does right. the committee does the committee are they, are they going to be mean basically? Yeah, and exactly. put the Lady Vols in, in a bad bracket. Bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know Ray may start hitting her stride too. I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, she's mm-hmm. obviously not a hundred percent, but if she mm-hmm. can start hitting her stride and and hitting shots, I mean, that's going to help help us out tremendously as well. I mean, she's still doing pretty well and, you know, each game she gets a little bit better. Um, but I'd like to see her kind of hit her stride and kind of get that confidence back too. Cause that would yeah. be a tremendous help. No, you're right. She, I mean, it's, it's been like, you know, she returned from injury. I think people expect, you know, 
it to be kind of like a video game where the person returns from injury and the, the switches is back on and they're back to 100 stats that's not that's not the case especially not with ray with the injury she had like it's not like a, right it's a leg it's injury. Like she, yeah. Yeah, it's not like she bruised her back or she you know hurt her mm-hmm. i don't know it, she she had a leg injury that she's still i mean you could see her on the court even in the LSU game like she's still kind of i wouldn't say hobbling around but it's it's you can tell it's still affecting her yeah, you there. see her at times coming off the bench and um, post-game senior night, she had a big old ice pack on it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. she's definitely not 100%. Out, you know, one thing we do at the Vol Log is always try to look at the positive side too, right? So when fans are saying something, we're like, guys, she's not 100%. So, you know, cut her some slack. She's she's definitely still ailing. But some of these are things you see in person when you watch the games too. So I realize as fans, you may not see some of the things that yeah. people who actually go to the game see. That's a good point because I mean, the broadcast doesn't, yeah, you're right. Cause like I, I noticed a few different things being there live on Sundays, you know, rather than when I've watched the games on TV all year. Like I was like, you know, this, I've, I've forgotten for one, how fun it is to go to basketball game in person, but oh, two, yeah. like you do get a different experience and you can, you can see the coach, like you can see the bench and stuff, especially a lot easier most of the time and like get a, get a feel for how the bench players are doing, how the coaching staff's doing just interactions right. and stuff over there. Cause you don't see a ton of that on the broadcast. So I think you're right. Like, you, you know, if you can't go to the game, you can't go to the game. I, I totally understand. But if you can go to a game, try to go to a couple of games and, and see kind of whether it's slave balls or the men's team, either one, like go and go and see kind of how things are different in person than they are watching on yeah. TV. Cause I think if you haven't been to a game in a long time, you might, you might have forgotten like I did and be surprised like, Oh yeah, that's it's, it's different in person. Yeah. Totally different. Much more fun. That's for sure. That too. <laughs> yeah. That too. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, to I, 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 this is kind of more of, a, I guess, a broad topic, broad general, just hope. I just want to see Kelly Harbor get a year where things don't just go wrong. Like, I mean, again, it's not her fault, not her staff's fault. Like, I would just like to see her have a year where players stay healthy. Like, injuries happen, but like, to not have a, just not have a really bad, just season ending injury, to not have COVID, to not have, like, just all these things that just have gone wrong for her. I, I would like to see next year, if, if at all possible, just be a year where things go right for once. And, and like, exactly. she has, and, like, her and her players and the, her staff just have, like, good luck. Because it's just been a lot of, like, not all been bad luck, but there's just been a lot of, like you said, like, it's a lot of, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Oh, my gosh, like, why? <laughs> a bunch of whys happening. And every time someone's back, someone else goes out. That's it. It's what it seems like, at least. Um yeah, and I would have thought, you know, had we not had the injuries we had, especially, you know, mid-year Kian and Jordan, I thought Kelly was going to be coach of the year in the SEC. Yep. Really did, and I think she was on that path. Nothing to – not to take away from Finley at Florida. I mean, the, who would have thought they'd end up where they are right now? But uh, we would have much fewer losses if we hadn't had the injuries. Um, I guess the good thing on the positive side, you look at next year and look at how our roster is going to be stacked next year. It's very promising just to see where the program is headed. Um, and we can still do some things this year. I don't want to discredit this mm-hmm. team. They definitely can still make a run. I mean, you never know once it's tournament time, as, as everyone always says, it's zero, zero. And, you know, uh, Kelly says the same thing. It's zero, zero. You never know who's going to win each game. It's who brings it every day. So we just have to bring it every day. We can't have lapses like we did first quarter of LSU. You know, you can't wait until you have to bring it. You got to bring it <laughs> out the gate. So hopefully uh, they've learned from that and we see that and we don't have any slow starts going forward. I don't know, Jessica. I kind of expect the slow starts. When we, when we were at the game, I, I was like, my wife and I was like, she's like, oh, this is rough. I was like, this is what this is what happens. This is what they do. I was like, it'll get better. I was like, no, watch. That's what we've done all year. When 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 we yeah. get back from halftime, I said, watch. They're going to get this. It's like a. I think they they drove it up to like a, a sixteen, maybe almost twenty point lead. And I was like, watch. They'll yeah. cut this down to like eight by the time the third quarter is over. Lo and behold, it was like it, it, they got down to an eight. I think early in the fourth. And I was like, 
I told you, I this team has done this so many times this year where they start yeah. slow the and then they get to the third quarter and it like turns on for some reason. Well, it's funny when I go to the games and I know we're behind. I was like, okay, if we can be at twelve at halftime, yep, and then we can be at six after the third quarter or eight. I mean, quite honestly, I think our man- magic number is eight going into the fourth quarter. We can overcome that. Mm-hmm. But I look at the games the same way because we have been behind in so many of them. It, it's rare that we're just you know, out the gate every quarter. Mississippi State was a, a good example of us coming coming in and ready to go the whole time, which I thought that game was going to be more of a challenge just knowing who their guards are, and they're very quick. But mm-hmm. um, our spacing was really good. We defended really well. Players were where they were supposed to be. So, you know, when we execute and do what the coaches ask, um, we tend to do well regardless of who's injured. But we just have to execute and do what they they want us to do. I mean, Coach Harper preaches on getting into the paint, you know, um, yep. and we tend to wait a while to either get to the paint or get Tamari the ball. And that's the one thing you miss with Jordan is TK, TK and Jordan just have that connection. So Jordan was always finding TK, you know, their best friends and they just know where the other is going to be. Um, and they did a better job in LSU the second half, but we yep. got to do that from the beginning. Cause TK, I say Snoop's our X factor, but if we can get TK involved from the get-go and she stays out of foul trouble, which she's been doing a lot better about, you know, a lot of people talk about her foul trouble. And then, of course, I was like, okay, well, I want to look at Aaliyah Boston's stats, too. They only play difference of one minute a game. Aaliyah plays 27 and a half or something, and Tamari plays 26 and a half. So it's really not as impactful as people perceive it to be when they say she's in foul trouble all the time. Like, you look at the stats, and it actually shows you she's on the floor as much as I think might have been Jordan Walker, maybe, who plays more minutes with Horston out. But otherwise, TK's logging a lot of minutes for a post. Yeah, no, she absolutely is. And <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Elia Boston. That that reminded me of something I, I forgot to tell you beforehand that I want to talk about. No, no. Okay. So no discredit to Elia Boston. She is a phenomenal player. Like she oh, yeah. really is. How did Tamari not win SEC defensive player of the year? Like how did TK not get that award? Because I, I genuinely thought that it was a no brainer. She, she is like yeah. on par to be one of the most prolific shot blockers in women's basketball history. And I mean, Aaliyah's a great, she's a great defender. She really is. But I, I just, I am, I'm just really surprised that TK did not win that award this year. She, she absolutely deserved it, in yeah. my opinion. I think we're all surprised. And again, no discredit to Aaliyah Boston. She's the best all around post in the country. I will, mm-hmm. I will give her credit for that. Um, but as far as defense, one, not only the blocks for TK and one, she's going to be potentially be Candace's record this year. Yep. And she probably will. Candace Parker is one of the best female basketball players of all time. Like if she beats her record or is on track to beat it, how do you discredit that to your point? But then what um, opponents have to do against TK is they have to scheme completely against her. You don't have to, you know, change your whole scout against Aaliyah Boston. Again, not saying she's not a good defender, but you have to completely change everything you're doing against TK. And what's she, what's her blocks right now for the year? 99. I can't remember. what. She may have a hundred. I'll check while you're you're talking, but she's, she's close to (laughs) hundred. That's a hundred shots that people haven't been able to get up. Yeah. And that, well, that doesn't even count. Like, I mean, we, we've, you know, we look at the impact? numbers and stuff at the, just the blocks, but that doesn't even count like yeah. altered shots. Cause I, we we're watching the, exactly. the LSU game. And I thought, I, I said, look at that. She altered that shot. It won't go down in the, in the box score as a block, but that girl had to change the way she was going at the basket because of Tamari. Yeah. And she does that all the time. You do not come in the paint against Tamari key. Mm-hmm. She does big girl blocks. I mean, I call them man <laughs> blocks at times where she just swats it at, was it Mississippi state or LSU where the girl fell and it was a completely clean block. Oh, that was Mississippi state. Ball. Yeah. Mississippi uh, state, I was like, Oh man, that's, that's as fun to watch as I don't know, a, a three. I'm trying to equate it to something, but I like watching Tamari block 
more than anything in the game. It is so fun to watch a defensive player like that because you do not see that. Mm, no. Often, not even every 10 years, probably. You don't even see someone who can impact a game defensively like she does. I've never seen anything like it. And I've, I graduated in, uh, from UT in 2001. So I was there with the three Meeks. I, you know, I saw oh. Kelly Kane, no discredit mm-hmm. to any of them, but I have seen nothing like Tamari Key in the paint. No, I, I agree with you. And, and I, I remember it being in the Mississippi State game because I remember having Maria on, I think, the day or two yeah. after that. And she was <laughs> yeah. she was still livid about the fact that that was called a foul on that seventh block. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, Maria, she, you're probably sitting over there with her maybe, but she, she sat right near that block too. So she got to see that up close and personal. And that one was not a foul on that no. seventh block. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm looking at her stats. She has, she has 108 blocks on the season. Holy moly. She's up to 108. Yep. Yeah, she's three times this year. Yeah, three times this year she's had ten or more blocks in a game, and I think she's she owns. I think what she's like all the top five except for number one. I think in, in blocks per game or in, a, in total blocks in a game for Lay of All's history. Like she yes. she's all over, all over, that. and she's only a junior is the thing. Like she's this is her third year. I know. And she's improved every year, so I'm mm-hmm. scared of what Tamari's going to be next year. <laughs> if she does not win it next year, we will have to riot because she she deserved that. No question. I will say props to USA Today and the SEC coaches for realizing Horston needed to be first team. It's about time someone noticed what she's been doing because we've noticed it from freshman year. Yeah. Um, now others are finally noticing it. So Yeah, I, no, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm glad she got first team 100%. Um, you're, you're talking about Tamari and not seeing anyone like her in the paint. Like I, yeah. I, went, I went to school. I had a class my – sophomore year maybe it was it was earlier in my college career i had a class with uh mercedes russell and and journal stokes actually were both in the same class yeah (laughs) um so i I felt like a very small person when i was in that class whenever i was near them (laughs) but i mean mercedes was i mean she was she was such a really really talented post player and then tamari's Mm -hmm. she is better than her like i remember being a young kid and learning how tall uh michelle snow was and thinking wow she's like it's like a young kid like i remember being a kid and learning how tall michelle snow was like she's taller than my dad (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like, my dad's six two. I was like, he's like, she's like his height, like and taller. And then now, like seeing Tamari, like she is legitimately six. She might actually be pushing six seven. Like she is, yeah. like legit six six six, 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 six yeah. inches. Yeah, and she moves well for her size too. Mm-hmm. She's worked really hard. I mean, credit to the coaches too, and Coach Joy for for working with her. And you know, she's in the right position almost all the time to to get those blocks too. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's that's it's not just like being a shot blocker isn't just because you're tall, because if that was the case, then every, oh, no. every seven footer would have, you know, hundreds of blocks. It's about, right. you know, like you said, being smart, knowing the timing and reading the the ball handler and knowing, OK, this is where they're going. I need to move my like move my feet here. I need to position myself this way. Also to not foul, because you can it's very yeah. easy to go for a block and foul. And she doesn't like you said, she her her foul numbers have been down this year. I think maybe hopefully part of that's because refs have finally started to realize, OK, we don't need to be calling her, you know, as aggressively as we has in the, in the first couple of years. But I think yeah. part of that also is like you said, she's developed and has learned, you know, and, and played smarter out there. Yeah, definitely has. And one thing I'll say is she gets fouled a lot that doesn't oh, get called yes. against her because of her size. It's crazy to watch. <sighs> I'm like, oh my God, she gets, she's getting hacked at least 50% of the time. When she's I wish refs would, would notice that because she just, I'm, I mean, she's got to be sore after every game, the way some of these teams play against her. I mean, yeah, that's we're having like arm locks and, and the refs don't yeah. call anything. I'm like, yeah. man, like you're just letting them play. I guess this oh, is, yeah. this is the, play, yeah. this is hard court rules. No blood, no foul. Yeah. But I think that's their game plan too, right? Get, get physical with Tamari. You know, they're not going to call the fouls on against us. So I don't know. It, well, 
we'll see how it goes in, in the SEC. Again, like you said, if they have also played Georgia, we'll see how that goes with that. And then Alabama would be yeah. a different, you know, different roster makeup. So it'd be yeah, different, definitely. but we'll, we'll see. And we'll see how the balls do again without Jordan Horston for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things we got to talk about is you know, we have already kind of touched on a little bit. You're looking ahead to next year. Uh, we know that Jordan Walker, she announced that, you know, before senior night that she is coming back. So, you know, didn't go through the senior day festivities, uh, made, made, apparently made it like, made it public before that, but they knew behind the scenes uh, apparently yeah. a little while before yeah. that. But that, I think that's a big boost. You're getting her back for another year and hopefully that she stays healthy like she did this year and can stay healthy next year and be a big contributor. But Layval has also picked up a, another really good point guard. And that was uh, Jasmine, who goes by Jazz, uh, Jazz Powell from Minnesota. If you all haven't, you know, I'll put it on YouTube, I'll put a card on the top right hand corner up here. I was able to actually interview Jazz and have her here on, on the Lady Ball podcast as a special guest. So go check it out. But Jessica, she is, I like her as a player a lot. She has a, it's an asking on defense, which you have to have that to come play for yeah. Lady Balls. Yeah, you're not going to play for Kelly for, if you don't. Uh, you don't play, play defense, you're not on the floor. <laughs> yeah, but she has like, she's a legit, I think, really good ball handler. She can hit, she's not like the most prolific three point shooter, but she can, she hits over 30% for threes and she can hit them. And she, when I interviewed her, she talked about how she really actually really enjoys getting teammates involved and really enjoys passing it and being more of a true point guard. She's like, she's like, yeah, and I like scoring. Like, I like being able to, you know, get, get buckets and such. Like, but I like being surrounded by really good players. And that was one of the reasons Mm -hmm. she came here. She's like, because I know I'm going to be surrounded by really good players and be able to attack the paint and then dish back out to players for threes or get my own, get my own, you know, points. She's like, but, I, I think that she she is a very intriguing option for the Lady Balls next year. And I think that you to in me, in my opinion, there are two things you can never have too much of in basketball, ball handlers and shooters. And she kind of fits both those. Yeah, she does. And what's great about her too is she's going to alleviate some of the pressure for JoJo Walker mm-hmm. because JoJo's not a true point guard. Kelly asked her to play point guard, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean she really thrives when she's off the ball. So it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities. Like I was just thinking to myself, the lineups we could have, you know, from having both Jordans in and then having Jasmine in, um, Puckett also, you know, mm-hmm. I, I imagine Puckett probably moves into the starting lineup and of course TK, but there's, there's going to be all kinds of lineups that we can use with jazz coming in. So super exciting. And she averages around 15 points a game too. So, I mean, she's someone who can bring in some scoring and, and help alleviate that, you know, we're going to miss Ray scoring next year, obviously. And, um, some of these freshmen will step up next year too, a little more, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and that'll be, that'll be nice, but I'm really excited about getting a point guard. I know that was one of the, the big needs we have. We still need a post obviously, um, to help out TK with Kian, um, not having any eligibility left as much as we would like that, um, <laughs> unless they petition it <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe just to finish out our PhD and, and still play, but I don't oh, think that will happen, unfortunately. No, I, I wish Ken come back for another. She, she's just one of those people that's easy to root for too. Like it's no, it's like she, she's a good player, but she's like, she's genuinely like a very easy person to root for because of how smart she is because of just seeming like how just good she is as a person. Also, like she, she just yeah. is a really genuinely nice person and a, a genuinely like, I don't know that opposing fan bases could dislike her. Like she's just, she's just a really just like nice person to root for. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the whole team, you know, we've gotten to know a couple of players too, just from doing interviews and mm-hmm. um, me going to the games. But I mean, this is a team like you want to root for. And again, I've followed lady balls ever since I was a little kid growing up here in Knoxville and the three meeks were always my favorite teams. I loved watching the three meeks. I had never seen anything like it um, in women's basketball. And of course um, Kelly was part of that, but beyond the three meeks teams, this is my favorite team just to watch. And I mean, 
what they have the best record since we've had since 2017, 2018 also. And I think a lot of people tend to not realize that about this team, despite all the adversity. And maybe we've lost some games we shouldn't have lost, but they are a resilient bunch. They get along really well. And you can tell that. So you can tell there's definitely team chemistry. I'm hoping other recruits take notice of that. I'm guessing that, you know, I'll listen to the interview with Jazz, but I'm guessing that probably played part too. It's just, you know, the players here and the family atmosphere. And I think people really root for each other in, in sports at this level. You don't see that a whole lot anymore. You know, a lot of people are in it for them and, yep. you know, they want to be the star and want to get to the next level. So they're, they're looking to go where they can be the star. But I think these girls really root on everyone and they want everyone to succeed, which is again, very different. So I think Kelly's looking for a certain type of player to fit that mold. Um, and she's pretty picky with what she looks at. Um, so I, I trust Kelly with anyone she's bringing in. So I'm excited to, to get to know jazz once she comes down here. Um, whenever that may be. I think you made a good point. And I think that's what, one of the things I really, really like about this Lady Vols program and the, and the men's program, both is that, like you said, the, the culture is good and it's not, it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's definitely very much a family culture for both those. And they both root for like both the men's and women's teams here at Tennessee root for each other and want each other to succeed. I, I think about it for, um, for the men's team with, with Victor Bailey Jr. He's a guy that they talk about, oh, they yeah. want him to succeed for the Lady Vols. I mean, there's so many times where you, you see, I, I think it was, I'm sure to remember what game it was. I think it was Horstman did something, did something incredible. And Sarah Puckett was losing her mind. Like she, she oh, was yeah. on the court with her, like losing yeah. her mind, celebrating. Oh yeah. Like, I, I love awesome that so much. That. And I, and you know, the fans have bought into it too. I, mm-hmm. I know this isn't a topic of our conversation, but just seeing the GoFundMe's one for Zakai Ziegler. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked about that on some of your other shows. I mean, they had to disable it. Yeah. I think they raised 345,000. And then Nikki Anasicki, who's a lady ball for life. Um, we finally were able to raise all the money to, to help pay for all the medical costs of her two twins that were born premature. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the fans are seeing everything that's going on in the programs. And I think, you know, they're taking note of, of where we are. Um, with men's and women's basketball and really the athletic department as a whole under Danny White is, is thriving if you look at all of the programs. So it's great to see that after we've had some not so great years. <laughs> Just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's, it feels good. It's about time. It, that was something to keep, again, kind of branching out from basketball too. Yeah. I, I heard uh, Tony Vitello, Tennessee's baseball coach, he, he was talking on actually the Swain event on, I think, Wednesday, but he said something about he, you know, he had connections with, um, I'm trying to remember who it was now, but he, he talked about Frank Anderson, his pitching coach, knew Rick yeah. Barnes because they both were at Texas. He talked about uh, that he knew Josh Heupel because they both were at Missouri, but he, mm-hmm. he was talking with someone else who, who you know, had been at UT um, years ago. And he's saying, you know, it, it, he's like, it, it start, he's like, I've been told that it's it starting to feel more like it was back in the 2000s or, you know, early 2000s yeah, where, it like. where it's like, you don't want to be the one team that's not competing for a championship because you're, the, you're like the black sheep. Cause like, so it's like, it's starting to feel more like that again, where we're kind of all moving in the same direction and people were all kind of having success all at the same time. And I was like, it has been like 20 years since we could say that, hasn't it? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. been a while. Yeah, and again, like there's, there, there's yeah. levels like lady balls again, they're getting back, but it's like, they're still, they're still building. The football team looks like they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. But then you look at what the men's team's doing. You look at, I mean, for example, baseball, you look at softball, still a top 25 team, you look at tennis, mm-hmm. you look at like there's track and fields, really, really track good. Field. Swimming, diving is really good. Like there's, there's a lot to like right now for Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And I think, you know, when it comes to the women's basketball team too, even though maybe we're, we're not where some fans want us to be. I mean, we're definitely on that track and don't think that other programs aren't taking note that we're yeah. coming back. 
you know, they're, they're, like, they're definitely knowing it, noticing it. Um, so it's always interesting to see the other fan bases reactions. I think they're scared quite honestly. I hope so. And they should be, I mean, even with Mulkey coming back no one wants Mulkey in the sec. Uh, so, you know, it's been South Carolina and not to, you know, talk about South Carolina or take it on a tangent, but now they got Tennessee coming back and you've got LSU. So we've got some, some major programs doing really well in the sec right now. Yeah. And, uh, like th- this is a point that Maria made on, on here in the podcast a couple weeks ago, you know, people, he said, people want to rush and say, can lay balls you back or, you know, or, Oh man, like this happened. This is disappointing. Like, you know, what's going on. And she's like, you, you people need to realize that g- just getting to the sweet 16 would be progress for this, this program that who hasn't been there in like seven years. And I was like, yeah, like, that's really like, I was like, that's a really good point. Cause I mean, you get used, you mentioned earlier in this podcast, Jessica, you get so used to lay balls, always making final fours, always right. making good deep tournament runs they haven't even been as far as the Sweet 16 in over half a decade. Like that itself would be like, if this team were to make yeah. a Sweet 16 run, especially with, you know, the injuries again, that would be progress. And it would be like Huge really progress. good, like point to it and say, this is progress. Look at where we've come from the last five years. Yeah. And we've um last four years, our SEC records improved every year too. So yep. that's interesting kind of going back, you know, we were very much a, a 500 SEC team four years ago and each year we're, you know, doing better and better in the SEC, which is really what matters. If you can do well in the SEC, you're going to be a top seed in the NCAA tournament. You can't tell me that the top four SEC teams are not top in the top 16 in the country. This is oh, yeah. by far the hardest conference without question. Oh yeah. I, we're I, there. I, I mean, and we ended up third with these injuries. Uh, right. you know, no, we would have been second without question, in my opinion. I, I would agree with you on that one for sure. So we, to kind of circle back to the transfer thing and looking back to next yeah. year, this will be kind of one of the last things we talk about, I, I suppose, but you mentioned um, being some post help maybe next year for Tamari. You know, there was some, one other visitor here who was in town on Sunday for the LSU game. And that was none other than Rikia Jackson, uh, Tennessee right. get transfer and, and Jazz Powell. Obviously that, that's big news. The biggest news would be if the Lady Vols could land Rikia, because I mean, she is a bona fide star in the SEC this past year in 15 games. 20.3 points, and she also averaged almost seven boards in, 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 in the season as well. For her career uh, at Mississippi State in 67 games, she averaged 16.2 points, 5.3 rebounds, and about an assist yeah. and a half per game as well. And she, you know, she blocked a few shots here and there too. I mean, I don't like I don't have inside information on it. I don't know like where the lay ball stand. When I, when I last asked Maria, you know, she didn't know either, and she said Rakia doesn't really talk to the media a lot either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. good luck getting information. <laughs> You know, I I don't again. I don't know where they all stand. I don't know that they'll end up landing her because she can go. She's basically can go anywhere. Like she she's going to yeah. be able to go where she wants to go. But I I if Rakia Jackson comes to Tennessee, you already talked about kind of the lineups they all could have next year. Just, you know, with Jazz being added, with you know bringing in uh, Justine Passat as well, and bringing back who you're bringing back again. I, I think someone will probably transfer. You know, I don't know who, but transfers just happen in college basketball. Right. Clearly, we Lee Ball just got one. Um, but just thinking about those, the lineups you could have next year with with Jazz, if you bring in Rakia, my goodness, this team, yeah. this this, this would be, be the most talented team the Balls have had in se- with especially with the culture they have now in yeah. several years. Several years, yeah. And I think we have a thirty three percent chance, right? I think she's looking at three schools: <laughs> Ole Miss, so. Texas, following Vic if she goes there, which that might be hard to overcome for us. You know, following her old coach. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think, you know, maybe she's looking for something slightly different this time. And this is a, this is a different program, right? It, I mean, it's a, it's a different environment. She's obviously played with some of these girls. She knows some of these girls. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, she's going to be plug and play if we, if we get her, um, you know, slide her right into Ray's position. And 
and hopefully she'll be ready to go. And, you know, hopefully my hope is, you know, you can be successful with multiple stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope is she can, she realizes that and she can do that. I mean, if anything, Kelly can say, Hey, I played with the three meeks. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I would liken it to us having, I, I'm not going to say the three meeks, right. Because Tamika and Shamika are two of the best players ever, but I mean, that, that's a pretty formidable lineup. If we're able to land her, I have no clue if we will, or if we won't kind of like right. Maria said, I'm just, I'm hopeful that we do. And I'm hopeful that she's looking for a big change than what she experienced at Mississippi state through three coaches. Well, and like you said, like if she came here, you, you can win multiple stars. Cause I imagine, you know, for one, Jordan Horston isn't, isn't a selfish person. I don't think, but for two, like yeah. as much as she, like, I'm sure enjoys saying that, Hey, I love the team in all three, like of these three major categories, basically. I think she'd like to be able to not have to do all that. <laughs> like I think she'd like oh, to yeah, have some, I'm, I'm sure, some more help she... too. It's like, I don't think she'd mind having Rikia here to say, Hey, yo, if I can't get this bucket, I got someone over here. I can yeah. trust to go, go score. Yeah. Jordan is completely selfless. She is team first and you, you can tell that in the way she mm-hmm. plays. So I, I, I'm sure she would be that way. And, you know, um, Jordan wants more than anything for the team to succeed. You can watch her as she's injured, you know, just cheering everyone on. She's yep. just as involved while she's injured. Same thing with Kian, right? They're both super involved and a lot of people could sulk. I see it a lot in the men's game where a player's injured and they're not even into the game, but, um, that is not the case with the Lady Vols and the injured players. Same with Marta. I mean, you can, I see players go out and even when um, Jordan was still um, healthy, just one game, I can't remember what it was. She came out and Marta's sitting there coaching her on something. So you, you see a lot of that happening um, in person. So they're all super engaged, which is nice. So I'd like to say we don't have any transfers out either. Um, but to your point, that's, it's hard to avoid these days. Yeah. And again, like it, that was another thing too, that, you look back at Keller's first year, like she had some pretty noble transfers in her first couple yeah. of years while, while she's at UT too, which again, like you said, that that's just kind of more of the nature of just college sports is that way. Like it's, it's easier mm-hmm. to transfer now. So you can, and players, I, I talked about this with Maria last week too. Like, you know, just, just because of a player that's on this roster this year decides to transfer, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Players transfer for multiple reasons. It doesn't mean that there's, you know, there's a rift in the locker room or that they were super unhappy with the coaching staff. Maybe they just want to be closer to home. Maybe they want to go yeah. somewhere where they, they don't get more playing time just because they've been recruited over or, you or just passed over here. So, you know, exactly. I think, I think fans like, you know, and it, it, I guess still have to train my brain not to do it sometimes to want to sometimes jump to the worst conclusion and go, Oh no, like the sky's falling, but like, it, it's just a matter of kind of rewiring your brain. Cause I think that, you know, there, there are several fans in, in Tennessee and that's, it's because we're a bigger fan base. So it's easier to see, yeah. have more of the negative first attitude, but I, I've seen that kind of come around a little bit. And I think you're right. I think it's partially just yeah. because this new administration is hopefully bringing things in, in a better direction. And I, and I think some of the, the doom and gloom and skies following nature is starting to change a little bit. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, bit, yeah. but I think it's changed <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but I do think, yeah, I mean, things are definitely looking positive. So And, you know, people like you bringing positivity to the program definitely helps. You know, there's a lot of good things going on. So we got to talk about the good things more than the bad things. That's always my take. Yeah. And I I feel like I try to be pretty like level-headed. Like I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy bringing a lot of negativity and I try not to. I I know I can probably have a little more positive skew, but I don't like to be like a bunch of, you know, like rainbows and sunshine either. Like I try to keep it pretty level-headed, but I, I do tend, I know I do tend to skew a little more positive with UT, especially basketball, because I just well, love basketball. basketball programs are doing well. What, how many yeah, teams too. actually have um, two teams with over 20 wins? I saw that stat. Not I can't many. remember what it was. There's just a handful of men's and women's programs who both have over 20 wins. Yeah, there's not many. I, I yeah. can think of what maybe like 
UConn, Baylor, probably. Uh, but yeah, there's not yeah, that I many. I want to say it was four or less. It was very small. I saw the stat last week. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're doing some things right. Yeah. And the men's program, Absolutely. you know, that at time it was doom and gloom this season for the men's program, but they've turned it around too. So um, they're doing great. So sky's the limit really for them and the women's program. If we can get Horston back, sky's the limit. Um, not going to put any pressure on her because her health mm-hmm. is off yet. All of the players' health is, health is first. Um, yes. But you know, she's eager to get back as everyone can tell. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and yeah, no, you're right. The, the health comes first. And I think that's what Kelly Harper said too. When the, the injury first happens, like first and foremost, we're not going to rush her back. We're going to make sure that she's like actually healthy and ready to play when she's, when she comes back, if she comes back this year. So yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Well, yeah. Jessica, man, it, it has been phenomenal having you on here. I really yeah, appreciate it. it. Usually I, I'd like have people who are, you know, beat reporters or whatever come on, but I, I was like, you know, be nice to have like a fellow just fan come on and, and join me and you know, fan, obviously right? i used to yeah. be in media too but now i'm just a fan now i just kind of yeah <laughs> watch the games for fun i don't have to worry about doing stuff for uh, writing purposes or sports media anymore. so but jessica please uh please plug the podcast plug anything you want to lady balls related or not lady balls related let, let people know where they can listen to volog and just yeah. you know find everything you want them to know about Absolutely. So first of all, follow us on Twitter at Volog8. That's where we'll share most of our information. We do have a website too. It's volog.com. And then of course, we are streaming pretty much everywhere. Um, Most people consume it on Spotify, but we're on Google, Apple, Anchor, you name it. Um, You can find us anywhere. So definitely check us out. We're always welcome to feedback too. If you're ever a random fan who wants to join a podcast too, um, you know, we we welcome everyone. So uh, appreciate you allowing me to plug that. And uh, Appreciate you having me on here today. Absolutely. Well, anyone who's here at the end, I will put a link and stuff to the ball log as well in the description of the video and description of the podcast as well. So again, be sure to check it out. It's Volog8 on Twitter and go check them out on if you're listening to this on, you know, on Spotify or, or Apple right now, go search them while you're you're listening to this podcast if you aren't really subscribed to them. So thank you again, Jessica. Thank you to all you fans out there listening. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video, share it as well, uh, and, and let Lady Ball fans know about more Lady Vol content out there. But signing off for Jessica, I'm Nathaniel. This has been another episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Theater Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>